This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 16th, 2023. Social Instagram. Good morning, Connection Church. Yeah, that's more like it. That's good. That's a week three. How about at home? Can I hear you? Good. Okay. So it's week three of our social series where we're looking social media, good aspects, maybe some of the aspects that are a little challenging. We'll see if there's an application to us as Christ followers. Today, we're going to be looking at Instagram. Well, good morning, Connection Church. I love the energy that's coming right back at us. Thank you. I'm Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much to gather us this morning here and online. And those who joined us for the 9 o'clock service, it's so awesome to be a part of this family of God Lord, um, help us today glean a message that you would have for each one of us so that we can take it out and live it in the world. Thank you for the freedom to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to share scripture and um, to be together in worship. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So this is week three of our July series called Social. If we go back two weeks ago, we talked about YouTube. And we said, we go on YouTube to do DIY, like do-it-yourself stuff. You figure out, like, I just got a new car, and I have to go on YouTube to figure out how to do all the gadgets on my car. I, the manual's too hard to read, so it's DIY. But what we were saying is that it... Our life shouldn't be DIY. Our life should be dependent on Jesus Christ. So that was YouTube, and that was kind of the message of that. And then last week, we talked about another social media platform. Does anybody remember what it was? Facebook. All right. So I want to go back. How many people have been on YouTube or, or use YouTube? Put your hands up. All right, most of you. All right, Facebook. Last week, we talked about Facebook, and we said that it's important. We use the scripture, uh, bad company uh, can corrupt our good character. And so it was all about that. How many people have utilized or sometimes look on Facebook? Okay, most of you. So How many this, are bad company? Oh, okay. <laughs> this week is Instagram. Now we're getting a little bit out of my comfort zone here, but I am curious... How many people use Instagram in this? Put your hands up high. That's a lot of you. Uh, okay. That's awesome. There's an, a, a definite swing in the average age. Yeah. So those who may not be so familiar with Instagram, it's, it's a series of, uh, it's really good photography or little videos, and you can alter the photographs, and Kyle, um, who is back in the booth, um, Brandenburg, he posts some really cool pictures, like when you went out west and different things, and it's great. Different than Facebook, because Facebook, you can add, like, a whole bunch of words to your picture, you know, but with Instagram, it's just like a line or two, and just like Facebook, you can like or whatever, and so we're going to talk about Instagram and how we might use this as a launching point for uh, a, a biblical message. 
So Instagram, as Gary said, is a photo, video, sharing, social networking service owned by the same company that owns Facebook. It was first launched in October of 2010, and it ra grew rapidly in popularity with 1 million users in two months, 10 million in a year, and a billion users by June of 2018. That's billion with a B. The name combined comes from combining instant camera with telegram, instant Instagram, there you go. Instagram, so what makes Instagram so popular? We're keeping in touch with friends and family is the main reason for over half of Instagram users. Who uses it to keep in touch with friends and family? Yeah, so, you know yeah. what, I was looking up today on Instagram. Instagram is now in the dictionary and it's a verb, Instagramming. It's wow. in Merriam-Webster dictionary. So there that's, you go. I mean, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, over half use it for, for, for that, um, keeping in touch with family. family. Uh, on the other hand, on the other, or in addition to, and we researched this subject a little bit, we found that many people, though, not just use it for friends or family, but they, they validate and accept is their reason for using Instagram along with other social media validation. They're getting likes, so to speak, getting likes. Who doesn't like to get likes? Who, who doesn't like to get likes? Let me see your hands. Okay, come on. We like to be liked, right? We like people to like the stuff we put on or there. Or follow us. Or follow us. Uh, you know, how, you, how many people follow? Guess how many people sent me a happy birthday? Or, or, or how many people like that picture you posted from your concert or your vacation? Or how many congrats did you get on your anniversary picture? It makes us feel good when people respond, right? Of course. And it makes us feel good when a lot of people to be, seem to be paying attention to us, at least for the extroverts. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, Instagram also has some negative <clears throat> effects on body image. It says we did in our research, one in three teenagers. It affects that. Two-thirds of teen girls and 40% of teen boys experience negative social comparison, and Instagram makes 20% of the teens feel worse about themselves. So we need to pay attention. There's teens in our lives. Here's a really alarming statistic. 13% of British and 6% of US teen users with suicidal thoughts could trace them to Instagram use. Wow. And yet, the bottom line is Instagram and other social media like it for its pros, for its cons. They just keep drawing in millions and millions of, of people who then have followers. Our, our niece is a musician in Nashville. And I mean, she's posting something on, on Instagram or TikTok. And that's where she gets all of her followers now. It's so different. And the problem is, though, that people get their value or their worth they could by likes or followers. So once again, what does that have to do with us here on Sunday morning? Um, why are we spending our valuable worship time, message time, by God time, Bible time on this this morning? Well, here's the thing. This morning, it's an answer to a very simple question. While many look at Instagram and other social media to find their value, to find their worth, where should we be looking? 
Is that the place to look or is there someplace else? What is the true source of our affirmation? We're going to look at uh, several scripture pieces. The first one is Isaiah chapter 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And then skipping to chapter 41, verse 10. I love this verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We love, we love this scripture. I know uh, for quite a few years, I've just, I just value it greatly. We share it often at funerals, but it's more than just a funeral passage. It's a good anytime, anyplace scripture for appreciating God, God's strength, how God uses that strength for us to calm us, to, to keep us from fear, to help us realize just how much God cares for us, how much God values us. I feel it's one of the most hope-filled, inspiration-driven, renew-my-strength verses that we can find in Scripture. We're reminded here that the Lord is the everlasting God. No beginning, no end. Uh, the creator of all we can see, as we read in Genesis, all we can see, all we don't see. God created it all. God never tires. God does not grow weary. In fact, it's just the opposite. It is God who increases the power of the weak. In him, we are made strong. You young guys in the congregation with the muscles, energy, and what have you, eventually even you're going to grow tired. I know right now, I had a guy in first service said, he's back here shaking. I said, yep, eventually it's coming. It might be 50 years, but it's coming. You'll stumble and fall. But those, but those who hope in the Lord. Another translation is those who wait in the Lord. It's good. Those who hope in the Lord, wait in the Lord. Those who look to God, knowing that what we expect because we know of him will be delivered. That's what hope. It's not hope like, oh, I hope I win, uh, or I hope I get a bicycle for Christmas, or I, I hope uh, it doesn't rain today. This kind of hope is not a uh, maybe, maybe not. It's an expectation of what will be because of what has been in the past. We hope in the Lord <clears throat> because we've seen God at work in the past. God and God will renew the strength. <clears throat> because, and because of this, God's strength, those who are weak, those who are tired, they will soar on wings like eagles. Have you ever seen a, an eagle soar, anybody here? Isn't that just the most majestic thing you've ever seen? Effortless. It, it, it's virtually effortless. And, and it's majestic, soaring on wings like eagles. And because of God's strength, those who open the Lord, they will now run and not weary. They will walk and not faint. God tells us not to fear, not to dismay, because he is 
with us. God is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with his righteous right hand. <laughs> yeah. Now, check this out. Why the right hand? Because that's the powerful, represents the power of God, holding us up, keeping us from falling. This scripture is actually saying, screams that God cares for you. God values you. You have worth in God's eyes because of what God's doing in this scripture. God affirms you. You know, getting a few likes on social media is one thing. Being held up by the righteous right hand of God is another. I choose the righteous right hand. How about you? How about you? So that was Isaiah 40. We're going to turn now to the 10th chapter of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. In chapter 10, Jesus is calling his disciples for an extremely important task. They're going to spread the gospel across the land. But he calls them together and he gives them authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal the sick, to, have, to uh, pray over disease and sickness. I mean, that is powerful he tells them not to take any gold or silver, don't take a bag, don't take your suitcase, to just show up somewhere. Hey, that sounds good. Just show up, see a place where to stay. If they don't want you, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. He's telling them all this as he's commissioning them to go out and to share. And that's for us too. But then it's really interesting because Jesus kind of shifts gears a little bit. He says, um, after he says, shake the dust off your feet and move on, he says that he's sending them out like sheep among wolves. Jesus is acknowledging that they're vulnerable. They need to be on guard. And they are also to be as shrewd as snakes yet innocent as doves so if we were going to use instagram and take that picture can you see a picture of snakes and doves and it, it's you know it's very cool it's an interesting picture that jesus is painting for them he also tells them that they're going to be hated by everybody now that's not a great feeling hey i want you to go out but you're going to be hated by everybody because of me but they need to stand firm because they will be saved. They are saved through Jesus. And they don't know what that looks like yet, but they are. So that's a lot of chapter 10. And then Jesus switches a little bit even more in chapter 10 and he picks it up. Well, he doesn't say, okay, now verse 29, but here we go. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You know, he's telling them all this stuff. And he goes, remember, the hairs on your head are counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And so he's telling them how much God loves them, how much God values them, how much worth they have in God's eyes. The sparrows are sold two for a penny. They're pretty cheap. That's not much. They... Not, not much value there on the sparrows, and yet God cares about these birds. 
Each and every one of them, none of them, not a one, falls outside of God's care. These two for a penny birds. With that in mind, God is very aware of us, of you and me, to the point of counting the very hairs on our head. Can you imagine the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, the God of all creation, the God who created you and me, the same God has counted and is aware of every single hair on your head and mine, every single one. He has numbered the hairs on the heads of the 8 billion people currently living on earth and the billions who have gone before. Can you even imagine? God has a hair count on each and every one. And he cares about each and every one. And that means that God cares about you. God cares about you. You are his. Even on those days where nothing seems to be going right. Maybe you've had one of those. One or two of those. I don't know. Even on those days where everything you touch turns to dirt. Maybe you've had one or two of those. Even on those days where you can't even imagine why in the world the Lord God breathed life into you and put you where he did. Even on those kind of down, even depressing days, know this, God cares. God cares, God values, you have worth in God's eyes. The creator of the universe knows who you are, knows you by name, knows those hairs on your head. He cares. And he cares so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And throughout Jesus' ministry, he showed how much he cared, how much he valued, how much he found worth in people. As we take a look at the life of Jesus, we we meet Jesus early on when he does a first miracle. He turns water into wine at a wedding at Cana of Galilee. He did this so not to embarrass the host at this wedding. It would have been a very embarrassing thing to run out of wine, and he cared so this man could save face. Here's how much he cared. He raised Lazarus from the dead after four days in the tomb. I mean, that was a huge miracle, but his sisters were grieving. He cared so much. He rescued a woman from a group wanting to stone her to death. That's how much he cares. He helped people realize how truly valuable they were, that they were worth something. And of course, they did not have Instagram. People didn't find value like that, but still... There, was, there were ways that people experienced the pre-social media equivalent. Think about shunning. There was a lot of shunning that went on. Shunning people in the village was equivalent to getting dislikes on a social media thing. I can tell you that we, we have a Facebook account, we have a YouTube account, and people are watching. Hey, everybody, and we're really thankful for this social media. And I look at, I look at it when we're done, and I see who's on, and, you know, it's, it's awesome. So we might get 20 likes or comments. If one person does an angry face when I'm looking at that, 
it like, it doesn't matter how many likes, I'm just focused on that angry face because all of a sudden, and what did we say wrong? We ticked somebody off, oh my goodness. And I might've even said, hey, did we do something to make you do an angry face? I mean, this is ridiculous. Did I say something on Facebook to make you feel angry? Because I need the likes. And they're like, oh no, I just hit that off by mistake. Or, you know, maybe I heard something else. But, you know, we get our value from some of this. And back then, they still had ways. And Jesus came to let them know and let us know how loved we are, how accepted we are, that we, you, are worth something. And it's not from out there. It's from here. You're worth it. Mm. Jesus and Jesus alone is where we find our worth, where we find our, our value. Uh, and, and where do we find it? Well, and what is it? It's everything. That's what Jesus is willing to give to, to let us know how much he values us. He gave his very life. He gave his very life. Sacrifice on a cross, brutally sacrifice on a cross, to buy you, to buy me, to pay for our sin, a price that we can't pay. We're not that good. That's how much he loves us. He, he paid the price with his very blood. So he gave it all in, in order to make it happen. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he, he values us. That's how much worth we have to Jesus. He gave everything he had for you, for me. And, and, and we're concerned about how many likes we get. How many followers we have on Instagram or whatever social media platform we use? It's Jesus, Jesus alone that matters, and he values you. You have worth in his eyes. So we've looked at Isaiah chapter 40. We've looked at Matthew. Now we want to turn to the book of Mark. And there's a guy named Jairus. He was a synagogue leader. And he came to Jesus. Jesus was walking along, heading in a direction. He came to Jesus, fell at his feet, begged him to come to his house to heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only daughter, who was dying. As Jesus was on his way toward Jairus' house, there was a lot of crowd. The crowds crushed in against him, and then this happened. Mark chapter 5. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately. Now that's part, that the book of Mark, there's a lot of immediately. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Mm. <laughs> she suffered a great deal <laughs> under the care of many doctors. Think about that one. She suffered under the, that's not how it's supposed to work, is it? Doc, doctors are supposed to make us better. That's, that's the plan anyway, right? We're supposed to get better. But that didn't happen to her. 
She'd spend all her money. She, instead of getting better, she grew worse. The, the bleeding, see, in that culture, the bleeding was, it made her what they call unclean, which kept her separated from the rest of society. It, uh, she was not allowed to go to church, to go to temple. Uh, she was supposed to not touch, not be in contact. What a lonely existence. That had to be worse than the actual ailment. Absolutely. Just think of the social, we're talking about social media, think about the social stigma associated with that bleeding. And it wasn't for, you know how you have something for, well, you maybe had to stay isolated for a week or a couple weeks, a month. This was for 12 years. This is 12 years of her life. Avoid, I, I don't think she's circulating a photo or video on Instagram. <laughs> and, and if she was, she certainly wasn't getting likes for it. She's keeping a low profile. And then she's in this crowd, and you think, well, she shouldn't be in the crowd. That's right. She's taking a chance. She's rubbing elbows with other people, and she's usually so... But she sees her chance because there's Jesus, and she's heard about this guy. And maybe, just maybe, this guy can make the difference that all those doctors couldn't. I mean, this is Jesus, and she's heard of him. It's her chance. It's Jesus. And so she thinks if she can just touch his clothes, she doesn't even need to talk to him. She doesn't need him to tell and say, you're healed or anything, all she has to do, she feels, is touch the, 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 the hem of his robe, his cloak, his, what he's wearing, and she'll be healed. And, and so she did that. And, and, and it worked. She was healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately. And when that happened, she knew she was going to be free from suffering all kinds of suffering, both physical and emotional, psychological, spiritual. She's going to be free after 12 long years. Well, Scripture says that Jesus realized that the power had gone out of him, and so he turned and asked who touched his clothes. Now, we all know that he knew, but he teaches. He wants... He wants his father to be glorified. And so the disciples wondered about this, and there were so many people around. Now today, it would be like, you know, it, this would be going on, and it would be recording. This doesn't last. You know what? This is what lasts. This is what lasts. People were all around. How could he ever know who touched them? Well, Jesus looked around to see who had done it. Can you imagine? He's looking around just knowing like, okay, I'm going to, here we go, right there, right there. There she is. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And so she had hoped to just touch his clothes, be healed, and secretly 
back, back into the crowd, you know, kind of open, and then disappear. Disappear. The last thing she wanted was for Jesus to single her out. <laughs> but that's not how Jesus works, is it? <laughs> that's not how Jesus works. And that's because he cares. That's because we all have value, all of us, even those who've been bleeding for 12 years, whatever that bleeding might look like. A lot of different kinds of bleeding. Some don't involve blood even. <laughs> all those who've been bleeding, who are unclean, even those who want to stay under the radar. Slip in, slip out. Even those whose value seems to have left long, long ago. It, it was important for Jesus to not let her slip quietly back into the crowd, but to let her know, more than just touching his robe, let her know that he noticed, that, that her faith had here, that she was free from suffering and could go in peace, Here's what it is, that he loved her, and he valued her, and he wanted her to know that she had some worth, regardless of what anybody else said, whatever society, he wanted her to know that he valued her, and she had worth in his eyes, and that's all that mattered. And the same is true for us, too. Jesus wants you to know that you have worth and value. So often we define ourselves by what's out there. It used to be TV commercials. Now it's, you know, social media stuff and, and other things. And there's nothing better that Satan likes than to get in her head and say, you know, Carrie, you're, you're old, you're, you're fat, you're this, you're that, or you know, this person's a really good preacher, you're like lousy, and, you know, I, I watch, you know, the Craig Rochelle's and Andy Stanley's of the world, I'm like, man, that's like, who? I don't even deserve to be talking compared to them, and we tend to define ourselves in this comparison game. With God, he didn't compare you or me against each other, He's the perfect God in heaven, the perfect Father, and he just loves us. And everyone's equal. Nobody's more valued than the other. Doesn't matter how much money we make or don't make. It doesn't matter if we have a job or don't have a job. It doesn't matter if we're young or we're old. It doesn't matter. We all have equal worth and value. And as we've talked about social and particularly Instagram and you know, acknowledge that it's about likes and followers and all that. Just know that you are beloved by the one true God who created you, who gives you purpose, and can give us peace just like this woman did, God, when she just touched the hem of the robe. All we need to do is just get to know God and depend on God and lean in day in and day out. That's the good news. You matter. Let's live like that. Believe it. Amen? 
Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for these stories found in Scripture. There are so many where it's just you scoop the dust up and blew life into it and we came into being and then we messed up and you called us back and your love is so unconditional. It's hard for us to grapple with that because everything seems conditional in this world. But your love is unconditional. Thank you, Lord, that you cared so deeply that you sent your son, Jesus, not to condemn the world, condemn us, but to save us. There is no one like you. There is no one that can even come close. There's nothing that comes close to your power, your might, your righteousness, your perfection. You are who you are. And we're just grateful. We're grateful for the peace that passes all understanding, for forgiveness, for new life each and every day. We thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.